Hey folks, welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. I'm Chris Peterson of HuskerBigRed.com and joining me as always is my co-host Danny Gillette of TheGreatCornHolio.org and we're a few days away from Nebraska and Illinois as the Huskers are going to try and break their winning streak against uh, ranked teams or their losing streak, excuse me, against ranked teams hoping to knock off number 17 Illinois on Saturday. Um, we're a few days away from the game here, Danny, but uh, what are your first thoughts, impressions? Uh, how are you feeling about the Huskers coming off the bye week? Well, you know, we were kind of just talking about it before we started recording, and I think it's going to be a tough challenge. Um, you know, Nebraska has the talent to get it done in some areas. In other areas, they just quite frankly lack. So I think it's going to be – it's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be an afternoon game, 2.30 uh, my time on ABC. I know you're for you that would be 12.30? One thirty. Yeah, 1.30, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Time zones always mess me up. But, um, <laughs> no, it's going to be a challenge. Um, this – this Illinois team is not a pushover. I don't care if they, you know, they don't, they're not an offensive juggernaut. They have the talent to win. And, you know, it doesn't matter the scoreboard as long as you find ways to win. And this Illinois team has done a good job of doing just that. Yeah, they've taken kind of, you know, the Michigan formula of running the football, playing really good defense. And, you know, they haven't, they're not outscoring. I mean, they are outscoring people, but it's not like they're putting a ton of points on the board. They haven't scored more than 38 points in a game all year. That was the first game of the season against Wyoming. But the at the same time, only one team has scored over 20 points against them, I believe. So, you know, if you can keep teams under 20, you're going to win a lot of games, especially when you've got, you know, Chase Brown, who's the leading rusher in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, defensively, they're, you know, they're leading the Big Ten in rushing yards allowed. They're leading the Big Ten in, you know, rushing yards per game and passing yards allowed per game in, uh, you know, opponent completion percentage they're leading the big 10 and opponent touchdown passes they're leading the big 10 so i mean defensively you know this team has really just come out of nowhere and and this illinois defense has been dominant and that's why they're you know sitting where they are right now in the top 20. and and you know illinois is a brett bielema coach team so you know it's going to be sound fundamentally uh you know it's going to be tough you know uh you know our brett bielema coach team is going to be gritty so i think that's what i think that's exactly what we're going to see on saturday and um, I think it's going to present a real challenge to Nebraska. I mean, they're ranked 17th in the country for a reason. Yeah, it's not going to be, you know, like Aiden O'Connell throwing the ball 50, 60 times. It's not going to be that. And, uh, you know, which is, can be a good thing because Tommy DeVito is a solid quarterback, but he's not going to be, you know, dropping dimes like Aiden O'Connell. A lot of those passes that O'Connell completed would not have, I don't think, you know, Tommy DeVito would have attempted a lot of those passes, frankly. He's just not that kind of player. Uh, so the, the key for Nebraska, you know, is going to be trying to make him win the game. If Chase Brown, you know, gets up to, if he has the kind of game like a, you know, Purdue had running the football 170 yards or so. It's Nebraska's not really going to have a chance in this game. So, you know, that that's going to be a big factor. But, you know, the trenches on both sides of the ball, the offense and defensive line, you know, man ball. This is a man ball game. And Nebraska has to show that they can, you know, have the toughness to hold up against Illinois. And it's going to be a good test because, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, um, you know, Minnesota, all of these teams, Nebraska's going to have to play the same brand of football. So I think it's a good way to actually start off this last, you know, stretch and we're going to see if this team, you know, can hold up against this type of uh, football team. And what you just said kind of scared me. They struggled against uh former walk-on Devin Mockaby and now they have to yeah. face Chase Brown and that's no disrespect to Mockaby. I mean, he is a very good running back and we saw that against Purdue, but Chase Brown is definitely on a whole other level. I mean, he hasn't rushed for under 100 yards in a game this season. 
He is coming off a 41-carry, 180-yard effort against Minnesota on October on October 15th. Uh, the game before that, a game in which Illinois won by a 9-8 margin over Iowa. He ran the ball 31 times for 146 yards, and you look down his statistic sheet and you just see a line of 100-yard games. I mean, he is the bell cow for this offense. He is a weapon, and he's more than capable of taking over a game and being that X-factor type of player. Yeah, he is for sure, and I get, you know, that's one key, I think, for Nebraska. You know, we'll just kind of get into it. That's one of my keys is to – I don't think they're going to stop Chase Brown. I'm not, I don't think they're going to hold him under 100 yards, but what they need to do is they need to limit, you know, the plus 20-yard runs, the explosive runs. They need to make sure that he doesn't rip off, you know, a couple 40-yard touchdowns because the thing about it is even against a really good running game, if every once in a while, a couple series, you know, you can stop him for one or two yards on first down and, you know, get get Illinois into a third and seven, a third and – you know, it can happen on those run teams that they're not used to throwing it. So if Nebraska can just find a way to, you know, contain him and just not let him break off, you know, the huge runs, force Illinois to drive down – down the field um you know i think that that will play into nebraska's hands a little bit in the sense that this illinois offense you know isn't all that high powered but uh you know if, if chase brown you know is, is ripping off you know those 20 yard runs and stuff like that i think it's going to be a long day for nebraska i agree because when you let chase brown rip off 20 yard runs you're playing right into his hands he is an explosive back and if he starts ripping off 20 yard runs then you know it's like stopping a train going downhill i mean good luck with that so I want to make him work um, on Saturday. I want Nebraska to try and play well in the trenches and not to go off into one of our famous uh, tangents or unrelated segues here. But I think uh, Luke Reimer returning at the linebacker position on Saturday, he's going to have to play a big role. It's a tough ask for him to, you know, try to help the running game, but he is pretty decent at that. And they're going to need all hands on deck to stop a player like Brown. Yeah, right. They definitely missed Reimer, you know, last week, I think, um, or against Purdue, you know, two weeks ago. Having him back is going to be huge. Of course, you know, Nick Heinrich looks like he's out for the season. So, I mean, there's still going to be some shuffling at the inside linebacker position. But I do think that Reimer, you know, has he's he's been, I think, their best linebacker for this year. You know, he's done a good job of tackling. He's just been around the football. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's not always flashy. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he finds the football. He knocks the ball down. He knocks it out. You know, some guys just have a knack for that. And I think Reimer is one of those guys. So I'm, you know, interested to see how, you know, some of these other guys can hold up. But, yeah, I think Illinois is going to, you know, run the football right at us. And, you know, Tommy DeBito. He has it. He hasn't had to be spectacular this year. His his jobs to manage the game, and I think he's only got like two interceptions. I mean, he's right there with you know Michigan's JJ McCarthy in terms of taking care of the football. But at the same time, you know, if Nebraska can you know put the game on his shoulders a little bit, that might change. And I really think that that is going to be the going to be the key. You know, trying to get him into you know long situations, you know, down and distance situations, and hopefully the pass rush can get home and Nebraska can you know, get its hands on a couple of balls. Cause I, I do think that Nebraska has to win the turnover battle to, to win this game. I just don't see, you know, Nebraska not, I don't see Nebraska winning this game without winning the turnover battle. And one of the things that really um, stood out to me during the Purdue game was the missed tackles on the first initial level. Um, I felt like Nebraska missed a lot of tackles defensively um, where they had, Devin Mockaby of Purdue in the backfield, and they just couldn't wrap him up or take him down. 
you cannot do that against Chase Brown. You need to make sure you tackle uh, sound fundamentally and lay a hurt on him because if you don't, it's going to be a long day. It is going to be a long day. So sound tackling kind of goes along with stopping Brown, and that's something that they're going to need to do almost at a perfect level on Saturday if they want to contain him. And I think, you know, on the flip side, I also think it's going to be really important for Nebraska to get Anthony Grant going. You know, he is fifth in the Big Ten in rushing yards. So, I mean, he's kind of just right below that top tier. Um, But his last 100-yard game was against Indiana. He does have two 100-yard games in Big Ten play against Northwestern and Indiana. Um, The last couple of games, though, you know, Purdue and and Rutgers, you know, they were able to hold him in check. And it's not all his fault. Obviously, the offensive line has not done a great job opening holes. But it's been a couple of weeks since he's had, you know, a 20-yard run. And this would be a great time for him to, you know, get one of those. I don't expect him again to you know, go off for 100 yards. I mean, Illinois is only allowing 2.8 yards per carry. I mean, they've played some pretty tough, you know, run defenses, although I don't know, looking back at when they played Minnesota, I want to say that Mo Ibrahim might have been out for that game, which obviously, you know, makes Minnesota quite a bit different. Um, But either way, this offensive line is going to have to step up. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but one way to help, you know, Casey Thompson and to slow down the pass rush is to be able to run the football. And, you know, we all want to see Whipple be a little more committed to it, but it also has to work too. So, you know, I really want to see if there's some new wrinkles there and I don't know what, you know, magic could possibly be worked with this offensive line over the last, you know, couple of weeks during the bye week, but hopefully some, some way they found um, a way to get those guys playing a little bit better because uh, they really need to be able to establish the run on uh, Saturday or it's, it's just, I don't see Casey Thompson not getting, hit a bunch. I mean, if he's in third and 10, third and long all day, second and long all day, I mean, Illinois is going to have a field day. One of the things that we talked about, I believe it was the Rutgers game. Um, we talked about the first initial drive to start the second half where they were able to get um, quick passes out to Travis Vokalik. And I can't remember the other guy. I think it might've been Grant actually. Yeah, it and, was Anthony and Grant. Yeah. It was Anthony Grant because he laid the truck stick. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. Um, but you know, they had those two quick passes to start the game, and it kind of got things moving. I would love to see more of those types of plays and just, you know, get rid of the ball quickly, protect your body if you're Casey Thompson, um, and let your playmakers go to work in the open field, open space, you know, get yards after the catch. Uh, You know, Vokalik, extremely tough. Anthony Grant, extremely tough. Both can bowl over guys and get that extra yard. So, I would love to see a little bit more of that offensively because I think, you know, Trey Palmer is great, but always looking for Palmer, you know, is maybe not the best, especially if you want to rest your defense. And by now, Illinois knows that they have to guard Trey Palmer as well. (laughs) Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, this is going to be an interesting game for Trey Palmer because obviously, you know, getting him going is going to be a key. And uh, he's probably going to be, you know, guarded by Devin Witherspoon, a guy who's, you know, just recently been projected as a top 10 pick in the 2023 draft with CBS Sports. So, you know, he's going to get a chance to prove himself against one of the best, you know, secondaries and one of the best defensive backs in the country. I mean, this Illinois team is really good at, you know, intercepting the football. I think they have like 12 interceptions or something. They're another area which they're leading the Big Ten. So, you know, Casey Thompson, as good as he's been throwing the football, he has, you know, kind of been wayward with it. He had two interceptions against Purdue, a really costly one in the fourth quarter that, I mean, frankly, if he he throws a better ball there, Nebraska maybe wins that game. I mean, Trey Palmer looked open on the play. I know he, I know the pass rushes there and he's seeing those guys. So, I mean, I know that goes into it, but 
Casey Thompson has to take care of the football, and that's going to be tough to do against this Illinois defense, which is really a ball hawking secondary. But I am interested to see, you know, if they've got some new wrinkles with Trey Palmer and, and what else they're doing on offense. I mean, they've had a couple of weeks. We keep hearing about Tommy Hill, you know, Ramir Johnson is a guy that I still wish I would we could see more of him in that short passing game. He had like a 16-yard run against Purdue. So, I mean, he still looks like he's got some movement. I, I've never understood why they didn't try to get him involved. Just him, he's a different kind of back than, you know, Anthony Grant. So I, I just think that, you know, they've kind of misused his talents. And this seems like a perfect time to, you know, get him involved. or to, At least they need to find some new wrinkles, whether it's Tommy Hill or, or whatever. They can't just you know, throw it up to Trey Palmer this game and, and hope it works. Maybe it will. I don't know. But it just I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. And it's not something that you want to constantly force or you want to consider a guarantee either, right? Because, you you know, you see quarterbacks, they fall in love with their favorite receiver, and sometimes they go to their favorite receiver too much and defenses catch on to it early in the game. That puts the quarterback at a disadvantage as the game goes on. And then you know, the quarterback looks a little rattled. You know, another guy, and I know we've talked about before, but I would like to see Marcus Washington continue to play solidly on Saturday. Uh, Nebraska is going to need that second um, weapon because I think Illinois will, you know, have their defensive backs watching Palmer closely. Washington had three catches for 30 yards against Purdue. I'd love to see a little bit more um, output on his part. I'm not saying he's you know, slacking or not playing well, but I just would like to see him kind of be more involved in the offense. And that starts with Casey getting him the ball, because I think Nebraska is really going to need their um, complimentary weapons. I'll call them to really step up. And, you know, that's, that's, that's definitely not a bad thing. I think there's playmakers in this receiving room other than Trey Palmer, but I think they're going to need to play a big role on Saturday, especially now that Trey Palmer, I believe he is the, uh, top wide receiver in the country in terms of yards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is. In uh, over the last five games, he's got 550 yards. So, I mean, he's been – and that doesn't even include his 60-yard uh, run. That's just receiving. So, basically, you know, his last four games, he's created over 600 yards of total offense. I mean, that's pretty incredible. We'll see if that continues. I mean, I think he is going to, you know, get – I don't think he's had fewer than, like, you know, 70 yards receiving in a game this year, kind of like Chase Brown. So, I don't think it's – Illinois is going to stop – Trey Palmer. It's a matter of, you know, can they prevent him from getting one of those big 50 yard plays? You know, and if I'm Nebraska, I mean, I, I definitely think you want to keep trying that. You know, it, it worked out against Purdue. It almost, you know, you almost found a way to win that game. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, keep it close. And then, uh, you know, it's like that old tweet, you know, I know Trey, De Trey Palmer's down there somewhere, you know, just hang around, give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter and then throw it up to Trey and see what happens. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what I feel like the formula is for this game, you know, keep it close get into the fourth quarter and then, you know, see what can, see what happens. You know, I, I feel like if Nebraska does that, and I think that they are, I think that this team is going to be really motivated for this game. I think they want to end that, you know, rank losing streak. And frankly, I think that these players, you know, they're not stupid. They know what's at stake. They know that, you know, if Mickey Joseph doesn't win, that he's not going to be back as the head coach. I mean, they know that everybody knows what's at stake here. They don't need to, you know, they don't need to have us or the media or anybody else telling them. They've been around this game long enough. They know what's at stake for Mickey. They want to win for him. He wants to win for himself. And, and they all want to win for Nebraska, too. I mean, but I, I do think that there is that. I, I think that this team is invested in, in trying to turn this you know season into a successful one. And, and winning this game would be a huge catapult in that direction. Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of interesting 
just to follow up on your point, there's a lot of parallels in terms of the defensive game plan for Nebraska and Illinois in the sense that, you know, Illinois wants to stop Trey Palmer. We want to stop Chase Brown. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the strategies that um, both teams use to try to nullify the playmakers on offense. And I, I quite frankly think that's going to be a huge subplot within the game. There's a lot of interesting subplots. As you mentioned, you know, um, you know, Mickey Joseph, you know, if he wins this game, that's a huge win for him, the program, and quite frankly, the state. And so, you know, that's a, that's an interesting subplot. I mean, if the offensive line can hold up, that's an interesting subplot. I mean, there's a lot of games within the game, so to speak, and I honestly think it starts with nullifying the playmakers for both programs. Yeah, which is going to be, you know, tough for Nebraska. I think easier it is said than be, done. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done. Yeah, it's you know they got to tackle, and uh, you know the secondary has to tackle. It's it's just it's really going to be a team effort. Um, you know, Bill Bush though has done a pretty good job. You know, as defensive coordinator, I know the Purdue game they gave up a ton of yards, but overall, I really I didn't feel like the defense played that badly against Purdue though. I thought Aiden O'Connell made some really, really good throws. I mean, they had him in third and long. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, I think they can, it was like 12 third down conversions. It was some ridiculous number. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have to be able to get off the field on third down, but you know, the quarterback just made a lot of great plays too. And, and it, it, it was kind of a, a bad situation for the defense that Trey was scoring so fast because they were out there for 102 plays. I don't care who you are. If you have to, if you have to face, you know, you put this Illinois defense on the field for 102 plays against Aiden O'Connell and they're going to give up a lot. They're going to give up a lot of points. I mean, that's just the way it is. Illinois hasn't faced Purdue yet. And that, that is a one thing too, is Purdue, Illinois has put up a lot of really great statistics, but I think it's safe to say they have not faced a pass offense like Nebraska's. I mean, Indiana, was the best pass offense that they faced. And, you know, they're not that great. I mean, we we saw those guys. And Indiana beat this Illinois team, which is pretty crazy. So, you know, it's not like this Illinois team is – is uh, they're not like Michigan in the sense that, you know, they're just that much more talented than Nebraska. They are very talented. I'm not saying that. But Nebraska's got the talent to hang with these guys, but they've got to get Illinois out of this kind of perfect formula that, that they've had. And, and so far, nobody's been able to do that. But, uh, you know, Nebraska, we'll see – I think that emotion and all that stuff is going to help, though. I mean, you look at, you know, Illinois only scored nine points at Iowa. So, I mean, I think that that – and Iowa does have a very good defense. I mean, let's not joke about that. But I think it does show that, you know, Illinois isn't a team that's going to come into Lincoln and score 40 and win this game. You know, I don't see that happening. They're not going to score 40, but they're not going to make it easy either. It's kind of an interesting – kind of an interesting uh... – parallel or paradox, whatever you want to call it. It's it's early in the morning over here. But one thing I will say is, you know, what you saw with Purdue was a very good quarterback who had very, very good understanding of his offense and very, very good timing with his receivers. Not to go back into the Purdue game a little bit, but I'll just say this. Um, that curl route that he was able, O'Connell was able to, execute with Charlie Jones the timing was absolutely brilliant on that and I don't think you're going to see that level of precise execution um, when you know Nebraska takes on Illinois I mean that Purdue offense was very very well executed Jeff Brom is a good play caller and that's not to say I'm not saying Illinois is bad and to take them lightly but I think the Purdue game 
to try to compare this one to the Purdue game, I think that's doing a little bit of disservice to Purdue, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, they're just a different, you know, offensive, although they did, you know, they they fell along with the same curse and lost to Wisconsin after beating Nebraska. So they did. You know, we'll see. But that just shows it's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. It is tough to win on the road, and that's something, you know, to uh, keep in mind. And, look, if Nebraska wins this game, they're tied for first in the Big Ten West again, you know, with, with Purdue losing. And if, if uh, Illinois has one loss, but there would be a three-way tie. And I know that the end of the schedule is still really difficult, but that would still be a great place for Nebraska to be in and to finally end that losing streak, that, that losing streak against ranked teams. I mean, six years without a win over a ranked team, that's just insane. And uh, Nebraska needs to end that. And I, I I don't know. I feel like they've got a shot. I don't necessarily think they're going to pull it out. I just I don't think this is a great matchup for them. But I do think it's kind of a good matchup to – you know, have it be a somewhat close game. I don't think Illinois is going to – I mean, unless they just totally manhandle Nebraska physically, you know, I think this is going to be a, a one- or two-score game throughout. And, you know, I really – and I've said this before, and I'm going to keep hammering home the point until Mark Mark Whipple listens to me, um, but I really want them to kind of slow down a bit on offense, yeah. like I think you said earlier. Slowing down on offense – is going to be key, if nothing else, to give the defense a rest. I would have no problem if this game was 7-3 Nebraska because I believe clock management and effective clock management is going to be important for this game, uh, keeping the defense fresh, not trying to force quick plays or quick drives. If the quick plays and quick drives are there, then absolutely go get them. But I'm not opposed to kind of, you know, taking, thinking, dunk, three and four yard passes, running the ball, taking some time off the clock. And again, if the deep throws are open, absolutely take them, but don't make that the focal point of the offense. I mean, because I think this defense is going to need a ton of rest. And, you know, I don't want to see them out there for 102 plays on Saturday. I'll say that right now. That's been, yeah, they, they do need to do a better job of that. I think Nebraska hasn't done a great job of playing that complimentary football and they need to do a better a job of that, of just re- recognizing that this defense could use a rest sometimes. You know, we've seen, you know, that Oklahoma game was a great example of, you know, it was three and out punt, you know, and they would have the ball for sometimes less than a, a minute, it seemed like, of actual time, you know, and that's just that's asking a lot of your defense to constantly go out there without rest and, you know, get the football run at them. And, you know, if that happens, that's a perfect recipe for Illinois. So Nebraska does need to sustain drives, and I think it, it's going to be key, and they've been pretty successful at it, you know, most of their drives this year of scoring early, and I think they really need to do that on Saturday and kind of set the tone and and just hang around. Just hang around, be within three, within seven, have the lead or whatever, but as long as this is a one-score game going into the fourth quarter, no matter how you make that happen as Nebraska, that's got to be the goal. And then on the defensive side, you know, Putting Illinois in third and longs and stopping Illinois on third and long is going to be extremely important. Um, You know, you don't want to give this Illinois team new lifes on drives with first downs. Um, You know, because we mentioned Chase Brown and, you know, the type of element that he brings to the program. Um, You know, getting off the field quickly defensively is also important because the offense absolutely has to play complementary football. The defense can also help itself by, you know, making sure that, you know, it's three and out and, you know, making sure that they can, you know, execute their plays at a high level. I mean, 
you know, I think it's going to be extremely important for them that they force force Illinois to get uncomfortable. They make them punt, and you know, they get the offense back out on the field because I don't want to give this Illinois team new life and first downs. In my opinion, for this game, are new life for Illinois. Yeah, they definitely need to do a better job on uh, on third down, you know, on third down defense, especially because they did have they did force Purdue into a lot of, you know, third. And uh, I mean, a lot of them were medium situations, but they, they just needed to get off the field more. And that's ultimately, you know, why they lost the game. I mean, the last drive, Purdue converted a couple of third down and longs to, uh, you know, to run out the clock. So, you know, that's going to be key is when you get them in those situations, third and eight, third and nine, whatever, you have to get off the field. And uh, in Nebraska, like I said, I think they're going to have to you know, come up with a couple of turnovers in this game. I just don't see Nebraska winning this game without a couple of turnovers. And I don't see him winning this game if, you know, Chase Brown rushes for, you know, over 150 yards or whatever. I mean, I don't, maybe that barometer is even a little high. You know, I think they probably need to keep him under like 120. But, uh, you know, those those are a couple of kind of my keys, I guess, you know, is they've, they've got to limit the sacks on Casey Thompson, keep Chase Brown under like 120 or so, and they've got a fourth one, probably two turnovers. I'm going to say Nebraska has to get two takeaways to uh, to win this football game. Keep Chase Brown under wraps. Um, you know, convert if convert defensively on third and long. I want to see the Illinois punter out a lot. And then I guess my last key is to have the offensive line just tread water. I mean, at this point, I'm not expecting uh, – any more good games from them, but just tread water offensively because that will also help get Anthony Grant going. Even if they can just get a little bit of a push, you know, uh, that would be better than what has been going on recently. And I guess I'll just add a fourth key. We just talked about it, you know, make sure to have longer drives offensively because the defense is going to need the rest. I know that that kind of messed up the three keys to the game, but there are a lot of keys if Nebraska wants to win because, this Illinois team is an extremely tough opponent. And uh, yeah, and I think you hit some key points there for the, the offensive line just has to not lose this game. Basically. That's my, that's my opinion. Like you said, tread water. They just need to not, yeah, get, they just need to not drown the offense basically and be like, you know, that kid that uh, doesn't have the life jacket that's drowning, that pulls the other people down in the pool. Like that's the offensive line right now. Casey Thompson's trying to swim away and this guy and the offensive line, just like grabbing his feet and pulling them under. So just leave, just stop it and tread water. And if they can do that, if they can just not be horrible, then I think this team has a chance. Because Nebraska's got playmakers. Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer, Anthony Grant, you know, Marcus Washington. I'm waiting for him to, you know, hit a deep pass because he he did it at Texas with Casey. And I think, you know, I, I think he's an X factor. Tommy Hill, I'm gonna say Ramir Johnson again, but Nebraska's got the pieces to make this an interesting matchup, but they do have to play. You know, they have to play the perfect chess match, so to speak. They can't make mistakes. They got to they gotta do everything right, and the offensive line can't drown the entire offense. That's what I'm worried about. Tommy Hill really, really intrigues me because he is fast. We saw him on kick return uh, against Purdue a little bit. He did play wide receiver in high school, so he is a really intriguing option to me. Uh, hopefully he can, you know, make an impact at the position and kind of give Nebraska that third weapon offensively um i honestly don't know what to think about ramirez i know we talked about it earlier um i don't think he's going to be a big part of the offense i mean at this point in the season but i'd like to see him you know at least get the chance to make an impact i'm not exactly sure why he hasn't this year after they 
hyped him up so much in preseason, but, you know, it's just one of the many mysteries of talent that Nebraska football has yeah. had over the past couple of years. Yeah, it is pretty strange, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that on Saturday. So now I guess we'll transition to our predictions part of the show here. We're going to, you know, put out some bold predictions later on in the week, and then we'll offer another kind of score prediction probably then. But um, as of right now, we're sitting here on Tuesday, so we still got a few games. But the spread, I don't know if you've checked it out, but it's about seven and a half points favoring Illinois. It started at six and a half on Saturday, went up another point or so. Now, essentially, Nebraska would needs to, you know, lose by a touchdown or less to cover the spread. You know, it seems pretty basic about right. Um, you know, I'm not in terms of, uh, you know, predictions. I'm not willing to say that, you know, I think Nebraska is going to win this game, but I do think that they're going to cover the spread. I do think this is going to be a close matchup. And I'm going to say that Illinois wins 24-17. I was going to say 27-17, Illinois. But, yeah, I think – I just think this defense might be a little bit too much for Nebraska, not because they don't have the playmakers, but because Illinois is just a sound defensive team. And then I think, honestly, Chase Brown is going to absolutely have a field day with the run defense because if Devin Mockaby can do it, then Chase Brown can do it too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just don't have high hopes for the run defense. Um, but we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I, I, As always, I hope I'm wrong with every single prediction I have. Yeah, I, well, I hope I'm right when I pick Nebraska, but it just – there wasn't – you know, when you look at everything, it just it doesn't look like a great – you know, you talk about Nebraska's run defense has struggled. Well, they're facing the best run running back in the Big Ten. You you know, you talk about, you know, them being able to run the football and, and how they need to do that. Well, this is the number one run defense in the Big Ten. And, you know, they're only allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete 48% of their passes. And so there's just a lot of – there's a lot of things statistically that make you think that Illinois is not going to be a great matchup for Nebraska, but you never know. I mean, sometimes, you know, all that stuff just completely gets thrown out the window and, and we might see, you know, Illinois might be coming into a buzzsaw with this Nebraska team. You know, you just never know. And, uh, you know, with interim coaches and, you know, road games and college football, there's just a lot of different variables. So, I mean, I do have hope. I think this is going to be a competitive game, but, I just haven't seen anything from Nebraska this year that shows me that they can beat a team like Illinois. Yeah, I mean, either. With that being said, I do think this team will be ready to play. I just mm. don't know if they have enough um, weapons on both sides of the football to get the job done. And I'm not sure that they are as fundamentally sound as Illinois. And, you know, that will ultimately, I think Nebraska may hang around, but I think when push comes to shove, Chase Brown is going to wear out the defense, and I think, you know, Illinois will be able to kind of scamper away, if you will, with this win. Yeah, I think I think the offense will get, you know, a couple of big plays, but, you know, I think Illinois will probably come out ahead or even in the turnover battle. So, you know, that's where I think the difference will be. I think Nebraska will have some chances in the fourth quarter to tie it. I just think it'll be the same, you know, kind of the same thing as Purdue. They just weren't quite able to get it done, but – you know, that doesn't mean that it's going to come totally ruin the momentum of the season that will drop. If they do lose this game, it'll drop Nebraska to three and five, which, you know, is not really where you want to be. We've talked about this before of that goal, trying to get to four and four, you know, for that bowl game going into November and the, and the prospect of, you know, basically, you know, with you look at Michigan on the schedule, you know, if you lose this game to Illinois, you have to essentially sweep. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Two of those games are at home, but you have to sweep those three games in order to make a bowl game, and that is that's a that's a tough task, I think, for Mickey. So this is this is really is a must-win game, I think, for for Mickey's chances of of being 
the permanent replacement, the permanent long-term head coach. I think if he wins this game, he's going to be the head coach eventually. That's just kind of how I view it. I think this is the fork in the road. If they lose this game, I don't think they're going to make a bowl game. I think they're going to end up five and seven, and I think we'll have a new head coach. If they win this game, I think they're definitely going to finish six and six, maybe seven and five, and I think uh, we'll we'll still be on the Mickey train next year. So I know that's a lot to put on this game, but you know that that's where we're at with Nebraska football right now. Yeah, and you know it's going to be interesting to see win or lose the fallout from this game. But um, you know I think it's going to be a good game. I think Nebraska will be ready to play. Uh, you know, and I think we're 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 back at home uh, this Saturday, right? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. We're back at home, so. You know, I know the fans will be ready. I know, and I think the team will be ready. I think they're going to want to put Purdue behind them. Um, so we'll see. I hope my prediction's wrong, but I just uh, think that Illinois, when it comes down to it, is going to make one or two more big plays that really kind of swing the game in their favor. Yep, I agree. I do think we're going to be. I think we'll be proud of the Huskers for their effort, but uh, just just not quite there. But I mean, there's no you, you can't debate it. Mickey Joseph does have this team playing better and you know they they played pretty well after the first bye week with him so I'm excited to see you know what changes and adjustments have been made and and I have hope you know he's he's given me hope um so there definitely is some optimism going into Saturday but it is going to be a really tough task at the same time uh the Huskers are due for a big big win so you know maybe the universe will uh will finally get rid of all this heartache and give us something to really really be happy about on Saturday I don't know it's been a long time coming, so that would certainly be nice. I mean, two happy Saturdays in a row with the Coleman commitment uh, this past Saturday and an Illinois win, that would be great. I mean, I don't want to say this, but frankly, college football gods, you owe us a little bit of karma, so come on. Come on. I mean, we haven't gotten it yet, and we've <laughs> suffered enough, so I don't know if they're ever going to come around and help us, but maybe, maybe Saturday is the day. Maybe Saturday is the day. So, all right, folks. Well, um, as we'll wrap it up here, um, you can find all of our content here on the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. So make sure that you like and comment on our videos, subscribe to our channel, you know, so that you don't miss any of our Nebraska content, you know, get in and interact with us. You know, that's why we're here is to build a, a community of hardcore Nebraska football fans. Um, you can always check out, you know, my content at huskerbigred.com. I'll have lots of previews and stuff about this Illinois game. Um, there's going to be lots of great content from Danny over at thegreatcornholio.org. And we will most likely be back on Friday. We'll look into some bold predictions and kind of our final thoughts on this Illinois matchup. So let us know what you think. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.